When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I am delighted to be standing in for Kevin Graham alongside John Hughes and Paddy Sinnott. How are you, boys? All good, all good. How Very are you? Very well, Paul John. Very well. I'd rather be in Kevin's shoes out on holiday. Ah, sunnier <laughs> climbs, John. Sunnier climbs. He's got, he's got habit of doing that. You know, that's what obviously attributes his, uh, you know, his pallor, uh, where we're all sitting here looking like ghosts. But um, loads happening. Loads happening for your first appearance of 2023. Um, and obviously it is rumbling on from the big game at the weekend. We were just saying before we came on there, Paddy, John and I, that um, I, I like to watch the game a second time if we're going to be talking and, and divulging and getting stuck in about it. Um, and it's unbelievable how it looks different second time round, Paddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
No, I mean, I, I've no had the opportunity to watch it the second time. I think the first time for me was enough. Um, but it was a, it was a, it was a strange game, wasn't it? It was a, it was one of the games where you thought after maybe the first 25, 30 minutes we were going to steamroll it, and then it just seemed to turn on its head. Um, yeah. We were in control. Um, there was no threat at all. A lot of people, a lot of people commenting saying that maybe the Joe Hart mistake gave them heart. I don't think it was that at all. I think it was the, the substitution, the enforced substitution that, um, that, that turned the course of the game for us um, on that day. With Greg Taylor going off injured, um, I felt the balance of the team was 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 affected by that. But I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that later on. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it is interesting to watch it back to see the, where the momentum swing occurred, John, because do you agree with Paddy? We were in control. It looked as though we were going to win this at a canter. Well, uh, as I said just before we came on, I, I watched it back in full this morning and I've had to readjust a couple of things that I thought at the time. Uh, but that's what Guinness will do for you. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of things I thought at the time, I thought the heart incident was a big, big momentum changer. Uh, and I'm watching it back. It didn't really, you know, they, they got momentum for a, about a minute to two minutes and then we got it back and they got it back again and they were the stronger side going into the half. Um, but uh, very much, as Paddy said, <clears throat> it was definitely uh, JJ coming on because it wasn't long before they realised he was having an absolute mare. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a Western. So he was uh, having a terrible time and uh, they realised that and started targeting him. And plus, you know, again, going into the you know the second half, I mean, they scored within about a minute and a half. So if you're talking about momentum, are we saying that momentum now also carries over, you know, during half time? Because that's not usually the case. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> they've come out stronger as well. And obviously there are elements of that goal, you know, again, JJ and, um, uh, you know, Anthony Johnson, stuff like that, which we'll come on to talk about. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a fascinating old game. So it was, uh, and, uh, you know, in retrospect at the time, <laughs> not so much, my throat's still a wee bit sore. <laughs> so there was a lot of shouting being done um, those, those pints yeah. of Guinness looked fine though John I'll I tell you what, I bet it was worth it mate I bet it was worth it um, No, there's a wee point I would make on the, the Joe Hart thing because I've seen a lot of that I've seen a lot of that chat uh, on the socials and um, there's a moment right where Joe Hart he's got plenty of time on the ball, we know that ball goes back to him, but he looks up at Carter Vickers right, and if you watch it back Carter Vickers makes a kind of motion with his head as if to say, right, it's going there. It's going to the right back. And that that's yeah. almost what Carter Vickers does, right? And I'm loath to criticise him because he was brilliant. I'm also loath to criticise Johnson because I thought it was a brilliant debut. Yeah. Yeah. But when you look to the space that Carter Vickers is asking Joe to put the ball in, Johnson's not there at that moment in time. Then he kind of hesitates, he puts himself under pressure, and that's obviously what then results in him having to make a great save. However, Johnson is absolutely bolting back to try and cover that bit of space that Carter Vickers is saying. So the guy's playing his first game. I think all of these little elements added up to that wee hesitation that Joe Hart made. But going back to what you said, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe, sorry, John, (laughs) going back to what you said, John, um, Juranovic loses the ball three times in that five-minute spell. Within the moment of Joe Hart losing, losing possession there, Juranovic loses possession three times in that five minutes. So I think that is a a key moment of the game. And we're going to be talking about 
Taylor and everything else that's happened and the fact he's now on a T-shirt, which was pretty quickly <laughs> done by one of the companies out there. Um, the fact that there was a missile thrown at him or in the direction of him in the physio and the bigger issue that, that that's going to be creating as well. We're going to go through all the talking points. We're going to be bringing in uh, all the chat from the regulars and anybody new coming onto the channel because we just this morning have hit 20,300 subscribers on the YouTube. So thank you all for getting involved, subscribing and hitting the like button because it does help us. Paddy Lavery, you're back as always afternoon and afternoon to yourself, the underwater cabbage salesman, <laughs> yet to see a better name on YouTube. Afternoon, comrades and Jungle Line coming in. At the start of VAR, every Celtic handball was a penalty, then suddenly every handball against Celtic in name yeah. wasn't what changed. We'll kick off with the headline, the tagline. It's been reported this morning that Celtic will be um, having meetings with the SFA in relation to the implementation and handling of VAR. I've called it farcical. Um, I've looked at the decisions again this morning, and I'm at a loss. Let's talk about the two big shouts um, at the weekend. I'll start with yourself. Paddy, uh, Starfelt, and we'll come back to his performance because I've seen him getting a lot of stick and I, didn't, I don't think it's a bad game. But Starfelt goes in um, to block a, a, an apparent um, cross. Yeah. His foot is stood on and the Rangers player hits the deck. This is the way I'm observing it, right? The player hits the deck and then celebrates, uh, gives it all the fist punches and everything because he knows that he's won the penalty. At that Con, point... Con the ref, you mean Acon, the ref. At yeah. that point, a Rangers player um, goes up to the ref and is is asking for Starfelt to be uh, booked. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, noticed nonsense, that. absolute yeah. nonsense. Yeah, and he he's kind of waved away. Right now, at the time on the day, Sean reckoned it was a penalty. I've seen loads of Celtic fans saying it's a penalty. Paddy, give me your take on it. Never a penalty for me. I said it at the time when I watched it. It's never a penalty. I mean. It's got to constitute a foul, doesn't it? To, to, to get a foul, you have to make contact with a player. He Starfield doesn't make contact with Sakala. It's Sakala that makes contact with Starfield. So if that had happened in the middle of the park, would, it have, would a foul have been given then or anything like it? I doubt it. Um, for me, never a penalty in its life. And I know there's been chat about a lot of focus is apparently all day long he shouldn't have made this, the sliding challenge but the point the defender to defend his goal and that's what Starfield did not, what, and at not any point or occasion did he make contact with, with Sakala and that's why Sakala celebrated like he did at the end pretending that he was injured pretending that Starfield would make contact doing the like you say the fist pump um, the video that I seen this morning was was was, was just Blatant. I mean, I have, I have got no issue with any player celebrating on their penalty, absolutely not at all. But please don't do it when you're pretending to be hurt or pretending to have been hatcheted in the, in the penalty box. It's embarrassing. Um, so for me, no. Never a penalty. I called it at the time. Not for me. Not a penalty, says Parry. Now, John, like yourself, when I'm watching the game, I'm completely emotionally involved in that game. And that's why I, I like to watch it back uh, with a kind of like free head and a fresh pair of eyes and all these things. And I'm watching it back today and I'm agreeing with Paddy. Now, I know, right, this is the thing. I can't say there's a bias in relation to referees if I'm not going to sit here and say there's a bias in relation to me. and Cel I'm a Celtic fan. Of course there is, right? And I'm trying to be as balanced as I possibly can. But I don't see a foul. I really don't see a foul. I think the Rangers players landed on Starfield. What's your take on it, John? 
Well, first of all, Starkfelt's uh, entitled to slide around like Bambi on ice if he sees fit, as long as he doesn't clatter into anyone. Uh, so it might be rash and it might be silly and he shouldn't have dived in and all the rest of it. But, you know, that's that's no issue with the referee or the laws of the game. You know, he can slide around like that all day. He can Tom Daly as much as he wants, swim around the park. I, you know, it's completely irrelevant. He didn't, he didn't touch the boy. Now... So whose fault is it then? Uh, if that's if that's the case, if we're agreed that that's the case, so essentially, I thought at the time it was a penalty, right? On first look, mm-hmm. so when it happened, you think penalty. As soon as you saw it back, you think, oh, that's not a penalty. Yeah. But he stood on him. He just slightly never touched him, you know, because obviously in real time it looks like he's touched him. So you can't <coughs> blame the ref for that. Uh, I don't blame the ref for that because you you know again I thought the same thing. But as soon as you see it back, which is the point of VAR? That's the point of it. Yeah. You know, it's so that they have access to all the things that we are seeing in the pub, you know, or, or, you know, whatever you're watching it. It's so the fact that it that it wasn't called on VAR or, you know, it's deemed I mean, I don't know. The problem is when you slide in like that, you've got a situation now where you can't even Celtic. The majority of Celtic fans can't agree on it. Most of my Twitter is full of people arguing about it. So if you're going to give them that opportunity to make a decision, then, you know, you have to question whether it was the right thing to do to slide in, which it wasn't, but he didn't touch him. He was sliding past him. Your man stood on him. So are we getting your other fouls um, going to be given against us every time one of their players accidentally stands on us? You know, all over the park. Is that you know? Is that the standard we're setting now? Because that's what happened. Yeah, it was an accident. He accidentally stood on him as he slid past. He never touched him. No. So he didn't foul him. So in my view, no. But you know, I already know in the comments, uh, which I'm, I never look at while we're doing this, just in case the people in the live chat are offended. I'm wondering why. I just never look at them. Um, but you know, it's enough on my Twitter feed, certainly. Uh, to have sparked everyone off arguing. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, I don't blame the referee, but the VAR, you know, uh, will he call him? <coughs> you, know, uh, uh, you know, obviously, he may have been, I don't know, maybe he was in the middle of shining his brogues or something, but, you know, it was, it was a ridiculous, <laughs> it was a ridiculous decision, you know. But, look, uh, the other thing about it is as well, you know he'll be able to defend it, though. You know, you give him enough there where he can possibly defend it. Um, so they think they're on solid ground there, given that. Um, and uh, I, I disagree, heartily disagree. But, you know, again, but I mean, I, I, before we, you know, if we're not talking specifically about the refs, again, that was Juranovic again. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, I don't know how many times. My notebook is just full from this morning of... Uh, JJ CCV JJ CCV JJ CCV and um, you know yeah, yeah, that's honestly one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen uh, in a Celtic shirt and I, you could argue that the manager should have hooked him at half time he was that bad uh, or certainly taken off but you know subbing a sub who's supposed to be worth 15 to 20 million for us uh, maybe isn't the best possible look, but yeah, I mean, I was he was. To say that that he, was never going to happen. Yeah, no, but I mean, he was that bad. He was yeah, that bad. He was, you know, to the point but, that they were deliberately targeting him for nearly yeah. the entire second half. It's absurd when you consider that we're given a debut to Alistair Johnson, yet it's Juranovic, the World Cup bronze medal winner, who has been linked with all these clubs all over Europe that has a stinker, you know, an absolute, yeah. he was so, so poor. Um, I want to look at maybe the reasons for that, but before we get on to Juranovic, 
I'm going to stand up for Starfield here, Paddy. Yeah, because, again, you know, I, I love the, the, the diversity of opinions, both in our own comment section, but also on the social media. You can throw something out there. Let's have a debate. Let's have a discussion. And let's, you know, like John says, let's change a view because Matthew's <coughs> changed having watched the game again. And I've seen quite a lot of criticism for Carol Starfield's performance. Yeah. Now, I also <coughs> know that this is something that Alan Morrison has probably taught me over a period of time. Most of us watch the game and remember the flashpoints. I get that, totally get it. And only when you go back and you kind of observe the entire 90 minutes do you actually look at it, or I certainly did, and I thought Starfield, there was two occasions where he's lost possession in the entire game and he's given away a penalty, which we've just discussed. I don't think he had a bad game, Paddy. No, they mopped up everything. What we did on on Monday was we negated their threat down the wings and all they were resorting to was, was long balls through the middle and... Starfelt and Carter Vickers were mopping them up all day long. Starfelt is a, is a victim of his, his debut last season, and it feels daft saying that. But his debut last season against Hearts is, is where this narrative started, and it started in the media. And the media started powering this guy from day one, um, and people might say that I'm a paranoid Celtic fan, but the, the premise of my, what I currently do on Vital Celtic because I listen to every single person's um, opinion, every single journalist, every single pod. Well, I try to listen to every single podcast, unfortunately, enough hours in the day. But I think I've got a, quite a good handle, a good grip of how people see Starfield. And there, there does seem to be a narrative that he's a bomb scare. And, and I don't get it. I genuinely don't get it. He was part of the best defence last season. Mm-hmm. He's part of the best defence this season. We actually missed him when, when he was out injured. We conceded more goals when he was out injured. Um, his performance on Monday for me, I thought it wasn't flawless, but it certainly wasn't, it's certainly no deserving of the criticism he seems to be getting um, from, from fans and social media. I thought the guy did great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And John, I think back to the game last season when Carl Vickers scores the winner at Ibrox and him and Starfield, for me, that was the best performance as a partnership. I thought they were brilliant. They've been getting criticised leading up to that about, bizarrely, even though we had the best defence in the league, um, about those, you know, that partnership being a bit uh, dodgy because Starfield's playing on the left and it's an unnatural side. Yep. And you see them performing at Ibrox last season and they were absolutely superb. Um and again, yeah, it wasn't flawless on Monday, John, but I think it's a bit unfair on Starfield. Well, <clears throat> I commented during the game, and I was interested to see what, watching back whether uh, I was right at the time, but certainly during the first half, I commented that he was having an unbelievable game. Uh, I thought he was an absolute rock at the back. They couldn't get anything past us in the air. Yep. Uh, he, he was winning everything. Um, <clears throat> and I thought he was doing tremendously well. Um and what I said about him previously um, is he's got a mistake in him. Um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. 
our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But it depends where that mistake costs you anything. Now, I've revised that slightly to say, because I was having a good, long, hard look at it today, to say, look, you know, when did it start? What happened here exactly? And I think, very simply, uh, when he makes a mistake, he gets flustered, and he can stay flustered for a good 10, 15 minutes, you know, and I think that's essentially what you're seeing. But outside of that, uh, it was solid as a rock, and I thought, that uh, we did definitely <coughs> earlier on in the season. Um, there was no question of that. As uh, highlighted by the fact that everyone was going on about, you know, are we keeping Jens and what are we doing and how good is Jens and is he better than Starfelt? And as soon as Starfelt was injury-free, he was back in the team. So yeah. Ange has absolutely no doubts at all who's the better player. Um, I, I thought he was really, for, for large parts of the game yesterday, I thought he was excellent. Uh, and yes, he can look slightly ungainly. He's not as classy uh, as CCV, um, but he can look slightly ungainly because he's playing on that wrong side. But generally speaking, his distribution was excellent, uh, apart from one occasion I can think of where it's a bit too hard out to the sideline. But what's one occasion in the whole game, mm-hmm. you know, and he shouldn't have slid in. That was rash. Um, but, you know, if your man had checked back as he had anticipated, um, then there wouldn't have been any issue at all. So he got that one slightly wrong. But for the most part, in terms of mopping up and the strength of the central defence, I thought he was really very, very good. So I don't know. I didn't see much criticism of him outside of the penalty issue, uh, but certainly outside of that one issue, for me, I thought he was very good. Yeah, and you're right about uh, some of the discussions around Maurice Jens earlier on this season, and that that's a player who has kind of like faded from the first team. Um, he wasn't on the bench again at the weekend. Kobayashi comes in. I'm, I'm really keen to get some of your thoughts in. Do you agree or disagree with Parry, John and I? <coughs> Personal Jesus, var do we start? About time Celtic approached SFA. That is what we're going to be talking about after we speak about the Goldson penalty incident. Miko Vertanen. Good afternoon to you as well. And Keith Oakton tuning in, as always, from Plymouth. Hail, hail to you. Jungle Lion. Here we go. Lobel can redeem himself and go after these VAR balloons. Now, um, we do know that Peter Lobel was back in the building. We were talking about him not getting involved in football matters in relation to recruitment. More than happy for him to get involved in this matter, um, if it indeed resolves it. But we'll talk about Goldson first, right? Now, Paddy, did you get the uh, IFAB Q&A memo yesterday? Oh, um, listen, th- this whole... <laughs> mate, I, I could go on about this nonsense. This is, the, the problem I've got with it is this. Right? It, it, when VAR first came in, everything was getting given for handball. I mean, everything. And, 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 and it wasn't just against our club. It's happened to other clubs as well, apart from one. And then all of a sudden, after the World Cup, it changes. 
and what changed? Well, nobody knows because nobody's telling us anything. How come yeah. all of a sudden a handball is now not a handball? Unless, like you say, you get this wee meme from Twitter that's telling you to read the rules when half these people who have read this meme don't even know the rules themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, now the lack of communication for, from the SFA regarding this whole thing is is what probably drives um, Celtic fans up the wall. Um, the lack of communication of why some of the handballs we were getting against is, uh, drives me crazy. And now the lack of communication we're getting about why they're now not handball um, only fuels it. Um, so I'm glad that Celtic are, are looking to, to, to question the SFA, whether it would do any good or not. I, I don't know. They're notoriously um, unhelpful when it comes to matters of clarity as the SFA aren't they and, and they've been like that for a number of years now so I don't expect that to change anytime soon well, You know this the, the word paranoia or paranoid is used at times I, I didn't want again. to use that aye because that's been <laughs> that's been creeping into a few people's uh, narratives the last couple of days and, it, it has. and I didn't want to go there No but the, the good thing is so Paddy right um, Tom Campbell who is a fantastic author superb author in my mind the best author of Celtic history in terms of his writing ability is unbelievable. And he wrote a fantastic book and I would implore anybody out there to track it down. It's called Celtic's Paranoia All in the Mind by Tom Campbell. And it's about time he'd done an extra chapter in it. But the way that the way that he, he writes, John, it's very, very balanced. He doesn't go throughout the entire book and say, it's all against us, it's all against us. He really does strip it right down. Um, and when we're talking about the Goldson Challenge, and this IFAB Q&A quote that's doing the rounds saying that, you know, if it's a reflex to kind of protect your face, his hands are up before Starfelt actually strikes the ball. It's, it's, yeah. it's the clearest handball that, that I've seen. It's a penalty all day long, if you ask me. Well, I mean, you know, from a scouting perspective, uh, at least we, you know, have a solid uh, potential replacement for Joe Hart. <laughs> it was like... Uh, you know, it was it was a fantastic save. Really dominated his area. You know, uh, came out with both hands. Lovely wee deflection over the top. Uh, but if you look at those IFAB rules, he meets all those criteria in that incident, all of them, right? So the hands are up. He, he has saved that. Um, so, you know, uh, now if you'd asked me before all this VAR stuff started, before you know this year, where we, you know, as you say, everything was being given as a penalty. If you'd asked me before uh, this year, I'd have said, no, it's, it's not a penalty. He's had, you know, his hands are in. He's a... But that rule has changed over the last few years, uh, you know, uh, and it is getting more and more um, ridiculous. And certainly the number of incidents we've had against us this year, but yet, you know, the other team hasn't had, the number of incidents that we've had against us this year, genuinely shocking. I mean, I still can't believe the Burnaby one. That still has me going uh, nuts. You know, every yeah. time I see it, yeah. they're looking the wrong way. Enough. You know, he's up heading the ball. He, he, you know, it, it's just, you know, as I said at the time, unless you're doing nothing except signing Irish dancers and kangaroos, you've, you've got no chance of not giving against you. It's madness, you know. But as you say, Paddy, it's the the clear change that there's been, obviously yeah. been a clear change. Yeah. There's always been a director for a meeting or someone sat down and said, look, lads, <clears throat> just because it hits your hand, it's not a penalty. But we're not aware of that. They haven't made us aware of that. So all we are seeing is all these ones that were given against us in the early part of the season and all these ones we're not getting now. You know, so, uh, you know, as you say, um, Paul John, paranoia. But the the only thing that can uh, dispel paranoia is clarity uh, and transparency. if If you're not going to be transparent, people will become paranoid. 
you know, any walk of life, because that's what happens. You know, it looks like you're hiding things. Decisions have been made. The changes have taken place. You're none the wiser as to what's going on. So are you going to get paranoid about it? Damn straight. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a clear penalty mm-hmm. under, never mind VAR from this season or all the rest of it, but I mean, you know, that was a clear penalty. I mean, he's, he's saving the ball from his face. You're not allowed to do that, you know. Uh, so essentially, you've just got to take it on the chin, literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so <laughs> it's unfortunate, but uh, you know that that really does, uh, and that gets everyone very frustrated and exasperated, and it takes away from the game and you know what we're trying to do. But that was an absolute clear penalty, and mm-hmm. you know if you tr- if you turn those two things on their head. You know, even give us that one. Never mind the other one they got. Give us that one because that was absolutely clear as day. You know, and that that game's turned completely turned. You know, yeah. we walk away from there. You know, with a win, we walk away from there potentially with a win, and the league's over. You know, the league is over. The karaoke has started for the larger lady in the corner. You know, so <laughs> yeah, that, that that's all done. It's all wrapped up. So you know. It's, um, it's it's potentially not just stealing the points. You're still in a league, you know. Well, what happens now if they start making a comeback and we drop points and then it gets a bit nervy and a bit tight or whatever? These things can happen. Big you know? time. But but for me, you know, that was it. That was the that was the end. League's all over. We get that penalty. We, we go on and win it. You know, as as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, you know. It's very easy to get paranoid when people will not explain themselves. Mm-hmm. You're right, though, about the momentum shift. We've been talking about it in the first half hour. That would have been monumental. Um, as I say, people were pinning their, their hopes and um, on this IFAB Q&A. But when you look at it, right, it talks about the player's natural reflex movement. So if your natural reflex movement is to put your hands in front of your face, your natural um, aerial movement to try and header a ball would uh, inevitably result in your arms being um, aloft like Burnaby. Yet, yeah. you know, the penalty is given. Um, I think that what's happened is they've watched the World Cup and realised we weren't doing it right. <laughs> and now they're saying, right, oh, that's how you do it. All right, OK, let, let's re-implement it. Um, so that that's really interesting. But in relation to that book, I would recommend it. And I'm going to say to Tom, because we are still in touch, um, get... Uh, an updated version with a new chapter. Let's hear Tom's take on Celtic paranoia. Is it all in the mind? Um, Celtic are going to be speaking to the SFA in relation to this. Gary Oliver, Celtic are 100% right to raise the VAR issue, but they should also raise the fan safety issue, and we will definitely be talking about that, Gary. We had Declan McConville on yesterday. He was one of the 708 fans in the stadium, and he spoke off-air and on-air about how bad it has become uh, for that tiny minority Celtic fans in the stadium. Paul, I, I mean, what it's going to result in as well, Parry, is somebody is seriously going to get damaged. I mean, right. the, the photographs we've seen, they weren't that far away from Declan, where it looks as though it's a glass ball that, that's ricocheted off somebody's head. I mean, we're talking skull fractures here. But Now, by the way, I, I don't imagine anybody would be taking their kid to that game, but it definitely means you wouldn't. Because the no. safety issues um, have been exacerbated by the situation with the tickets. I mean, I think I, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago eh, when, when I first came on the show and, and I said at the time that if, if we're not going to get the full allocation of the full stand, we should just say no altogether. Because how can you guarantee anybody's safety in that corner, that stadium? You're surrounded from above, from the side, um, even from below. I, I, I said at the time, 
hats off to these fans that want to go to that and want to want to um, want to suffer that for ninety minutes. Well, in fact, it was longer than ninety minutes because it had to be there. What is it, an hour and a half before before the game kicked off? So they were there literally for what three hours, mm. four hours almost. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody can guarantee fan safety where where Celtic fans are positioned in that stadium, um, and it's done for one reason only: it's for intimidation, um, and, and it's to make the fans feel intimidated so they don't make any noise. Um, I, I just think um, it's time Celtic said no, no, no more tickets, no more tickets until we either get the full allocation back or we don't want anything at all. That's it done, and I don't care what people say about. Um, it's the biggest derby in the world and, and you'll take away for the occasion. That's all very well and good, but so will somebody losing their life or losing an eye. Um, so for me, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's got it's got to stop. You know, yeah, when well, you, John, over to yourself on that one, because, yeah. you know, the, the branding of the game is something that the authorities rely on in terms of broadcasting and sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I'm more on Paddy's boat here. I'm saying I'm, I'm interested in the safety of the fans. Well, we had a good conversation about this just before we went on the holidays. And, you know, just to repeat myself, you know, that is not going to an away game. That's an expeditionary force behind enemy lines. Yeah. And you need to be suitably prepared for potentially serious injury there. And I know people are going and saying, I don't care. I love it. But again, the, 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 both clubs have a duty of care. Um, and you, you must be able to provide the security. Now, in that, in those circumstances, and as you pointed out, Paddy, and as everyone already knows, in that wee corner, you're, they're above you, they're both sides of you, they are not being searched. I mean, the last thing we saw after the Joe Hart incident, do you remember the pictures of the bottles? Ah, yeah. Like this, yep. rows and rows and rows and rows of bottles. Scandalous. At, at the very least... You need to have uh, the people at the sides of you and the people above you subject to much, much more stringent security checks. Everybody going through there needs to be patted down, right? So if they're not prepared to do that, then that means they can't guarantee safety. Uh, And clearly they can't. Uh, it's uh, you know I wouldn't want to be going there because I never mind the, the bottles, the fluids that could be flung on you, and everything else that could be flung yeah. on you. You know. Uh, and I know a lot of the boys, you know, as I say, you, I said the last time, I don't want to take it away from them, you know, and you want people to have a, a experience, but I don't know what kind of experience that is. Mm. I don't know. Is that the kind of experience you want? You don't want people going to a football game as if they're going to war. You don't want the, the sort of mentality, <laughs> okay, get the, you know, we beanie hat on, maybe get a wee steel hat underneath it, you know, uh, get, you know, plastic goggles on just to be, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's mad. Someone's going to get really, really hurt. And as we pointed out before the last time, uh, Paul John, it's the governing body that have responsibility for this. The way that you ensure safety for those people is to give them a proper allocation. Mm-hmm. Give them an allocation of the stand that we had before. You know, if you can't do that, then don't give the allocation because you can't keep it right. And if you can't keep it right, then you have failed completely as a governing body uh, because that is the biggest game. And that is the one that the, the TV rights are all sold on. So if you're saying that we cannot guarantee fan safety, I don't know, and what are, maybe in a couple of stadiums in Brazil or Argentina, you could say the same thing. But I don't know in what area in Europe you you know there's teams saying we can't guarantee fan safety, you know which you clearly can't by you know corralling them into a reservation at the side, you know it, it's an absolute nonsense. And the SFA, apart from the whole var mishandling, uh, this is another area in which they've completely failed. 
you have to put the foot down. You have to tell both clubs, you know, um, I'm not saying that Celtic, Celtic have not done nothing but respond. They've got no choice, really. But both clubs need to be told, at this game, there needs to be X amount of allocation for the away fans. End of story. That's it. You don't have any discussion on it. If you, if you don't implement that, there'll be penalties, right? There'll be points deductions. Um, as simple as that, because it should not be down to one club to hold the entire game to ransom, or hold the hold the potential television deal to ransom, hold fan safety to ransom, mm-hmm. right? Hold fan enjoyability to ransom. It's down to one club that's doing that, and it's unacceptable. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. No, you're absolutely right. We're going to be returning to these days. Uh, whereby you used to have to wear a hard hat to the football. And I remember, uh, big shout out to Jamie Fox who allowed me to photograph this. It didn't make the book, but it was one of my favourite items that I came across doing my research, where you would get a hard hat and you would decorate it um, and take it to the football to protect yourself. Like John was saying, you're going to battle. It's ridiculous. Are we going to go back to the 1970s on this? It's about time um, action was taken. So hopefully these talks uh, will result and some improvements, both in VAR and also not just the safety. Yeah, go go ahead. Just say, Paul John, they won't. Because you know, and again, it's because whenever there has been major changes made, I was talking to it was, it was Phil McGillivan. I was talking to the other day, and um, you're talking about how whenever changes have been made uh, in terms of you know, like the Fari incident with Cadetti, that was an outside force. So that that was. Uh, that was me, Fergus, coming in from North America. They're all very litigious, you know. And see, he was going to sue the arse off of people. Uh, and so things got moved along quick sharp. Uh, Hugh Dallas, I mean, that was Phil himself that broke that story, um, you know, from, from Donegal. It's always taken, you know, Alex Thompson in terms of the, you know, the, mm. the other side of the city. It's always taken an outside force. There are too many cosy relationships. And people saying Lowell can redeem himself when he comes back. You know, Peter Lowell's a man among you know, more than any other that's got cosy relationships on that side. You know, you don't get, you know, those European jobs that you get, you don't get them by undermining your own uh, regulatory authority. That's not how you get the big jobs in Europe. So Pierre Lowell uh, is is the most unlikely person to call these out. (laughs) Now, have a discussion about what that means. Uh, you know, I, I, are we going to get any clarity on that? Are Celtic going to send a very strongly worded letter? You know, we, you know, we are outraged to see, you know, you know, whatever it is, you know, what's the response going to be? Um, unless we can see some sort of 
uh, application of Celtic's influence and an outcome from that influence, which is acceptable in terms of a response, then, you know, it's just paper talk. It's paper talk to keep the fans quiet. It doesn't mean anything. We do, we do need to see an outcome, and I'm thankful that you brought up Fergus McCann because the amount of battles he had, John, and, and as you say, outside influence, um, you know, well up on his litigation, and he was he was fearless. He was absolutely fearless. Did he never um, lost any either? No, that, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, remember the John Collins deal, Paddy, where where he even pushed for that for a transfer fee that, because you know. Tremendous. Now, yep. when I look at um, the safety of our fans, which is absolutely paramount, John, you mentioned a couple of things uh, earlier on in relation to Joe Hart's goal mouth having the glass bottle in it, um, Celtic staff member with his head split. Greg Taylor uh, and the physio were also pelted with missiles, and that's something that's been reported to Police Scotland. So it's the whole environment, and if Celtic are going into that cauldron and it's not safe, something definitely needs to be done. But I want to talk about Greg Taylor. I think uh, you're right. The the uh, substitution of Taylor was huge in relation to the momentum swing, but also Juranovic coming in. Um, I thought at the time, Paddy, and I'll ask you your, your honest opinion on this, I thought when he made that substitution, when he's got a natural left back on the bench, I did find it quite strange. Um, you know, re-watching Celtic TV, for example, McCulloch and, and Boyd are talking about Juranovic not being 100% fit. Now, yeah. they've obviously got more of an inside track on these things. They're talking about Juranovic not being 100% fit, yet he's introduced to the action and he's played out of position. What was what was the big man's thinking there? <sighs> Your guess is as good as mine, and Ange, we trust, eh? Well, we're not supposed to question the manager's decisions because he more often than not gets them right. To my mind, Ange has made two mistakes since his, he became Celtic manager. Both mistakes have been at Ibrox. The first one was when he played Edward instead of Kyogo up in front of the first Ibrox game last year. And then the second one was putting JG on, yes, um, on Monday apart, uh, instead of Burnaby. Um, you could clearly see within the first two or three minutes that Juranovic wasn't at the races on Monday. And surely Ange must have seen that in training. Surely he must have seen that in his preparation, um, but then still decided to go with him instead of, instead of Burnaby, which leads me to think, well, what's Burnaby done wrong to to not warrant coming on um, as a natural left-back. Um, so, no, I, I thought it was a strange one. I especially think it's a strange one when you consider the amount of speculation surrounding his, his, his future. Um, that that must play in his mind. I don't care what anybody says if you're getting touted to the kind of clubs he's getting touted to or reportedly being touted to. He, he's going to be thinking about that instead of, instead of subconsciously, instead of preparing himself for the game. Um no, I, I thought it was a strange one at the time. I was sitting watching it with my dad and my brother and I thought, ah, I think he's got this one wrong here. Um, and unfortunately, it was it was proven to be true because he struggled every minute he was on that park. Every minute. But he's going to... You, you can sort of understand it, right? So, obviously, JJ is a more experienced player. Obviously, when he's played there before at points, he looked like the best left-back at the club as well as the best right-back at the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, he's far more experienced. So, you know, that's all grand. You can understand that. What I can't understand is he dropped Johnson into his debut at Ibrooks, the most difficult possible place, because obviously he wasn't happy with how Juranovic was playing or how he was prepared or how fit he was. He wasn't happy happy with something. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Johnson wouldn't have been in there. 
because that's a hell of an ask to start a guy in his debut in that position and leave an experienced World Cup third place player, you know, on the bench. So clearly he's not happy with something. Now, Ange had, you know, a, a few minutes to make the decision. It took Taylor to go down. In those few minutes, um, you know, he's, he's made the wrong decision, obviously, but that's fine in retrospect. I don't see how you could possibly have known that Juranovic was going to be that bad. You know, you might have thought that Juranovic, you know, 80% is maybe equivalent to Bernabe at 100%. Maybe that's what he was thinking. Um, but I, I don't know how you could have known really that Juranovic is going to be that bad. It's difficult to believe if he was that bad. <coughs> if he was that bad in training, he probably wouldn't even have been on the bench. Um but you know, obviously, in retrospect, it was a it was a game changing decision, uh, and yeah. it did not go in our favour. But the thing is, Juranovic was given time off after the World Cup. He, he was he was given what a week a week rest after the yeah. World Cup, and, and hadn't played since then. Um, during that time, Bernabe's been training. He's been he's been with the first team, been working on the game plan. It just it it was. It was a strange decision for me. Um, you pay three million pound plus for a left back, um, but then decide to play a, a natural right back who hasn't been at the club for the last five or six weeks in place and play some the, the biggest game of the season so far. You just wonder what's going through Bernabe's head thinking about that. Yeah, you know, the Bernabe is in a very difficult position now because that's a you know for him on a personal level that's a shocker. But I mean, yeah. if you look at you know JJ was skinned all day by Sakala, uh, but Bernabe is. Fast as you like, mm. uh, and, and JJ made Sakala look like an absolute genius. Um, and and uh, you know, but Bernabe, the one thing he does have going for him is pace. Mm-hmm. Um, now you, you wouldn't be relying on him if there's balls getting battered into the box all no. day, you know. Um, but I mean, if you're talking about pace up and down the, the wing, if you're talking about uh, stopping someone on a counter attack, I mean, you know, yes, he's looked a bit erratic, but. You know, that is a hell of an indictment, you know, that that guy has gone on, that JJ has been going on in front of you, and then he's played like that. And then, you know, I, I think Bernabe finds himself in a position now where he really needs to, you know, think about his future because, you know, he's, he's clearly does not have the manager's trust at all. And I don't know, I don't know if it's because of incidents off the pitch mm-hmm. <clears throat> where, you know, things have happened that do not line up with Angie's values. Um, but, you know, something's happened uh, because that's a hell of a decision. It is. There's a few points there, John, I think really <coughs> interesting. The fact that, right, Juranovic wasn't fit enough to play right back. Otherwise, you wouldn't have thrown in Johnson for his debut at Ibrox. Absolutely spot on, if you ask me. I think when I was looking at the starting 11, because the other thing that uh, brought a lot of comments and a lot of discussion was James Forrest starting the game, I, I looked at really, really, like, basically, Paddy, and I just basically said, you know, Maeda and Forrest are better defenders than Abada and Jota. And that, that's what we need with, you know, Barisic and Tavernier coming down the wings, etc. And I, I just looked at it like that. But then when you look at the change, is Ange confident enough in Bernabe's defensive qualities? Is that really, you know, to have played, a, let's say, an 80% fit Juranovic in front of Bernabe? Is he, is he maybe doubting the defensive qualities in a game like that? And then I'm going to ask you the question, double header against Kilmarnock, starting this weekend, who starts at left-back, Paddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, go back to... 
to your, your first point where um, if, if Ange doubts his defensive qualities in a game against against Rangers, well, you don't spend £3 million on him then. You don't buy him. Simple as that. So then you've got to you've got to question the recruitment process there, um, if that's the case, because that's what these players are getting brought in for. It's to play against Rangers, to play in the Champions League or Europe. Um, so I, I've no idea whether Ange thinks his defensive duties are, are, are good enough or not. Clearly he does, not after watching what we witnessed um, when he put Juranovic on. And he's got to start against Kilmarnock. He's got to. Um, because, again, going back to what John was saying, what does that say to Burnaby if if either Janovic or, or Johnson's picked ahead of him um, for this game? Um, so I would say play him. I would say play him at command because we've got to see what the, what the guy's got to offer um, yeah. and then we can make a, a decision there. I, I, I know I don't. I wouldn't go quite as far and say he needs to think about his future just yet because he's he's just here. Um, but if he's not chosen uh, to play against Kilmarnock, um this weekend, then I, I don't think it looks good for him. I would agree with that, John. What, what do you, what's your take first and foremost? Do you think Angel start with Juranovic just to say, "Listen, get the cobwebs away, blow the cobwebs away, get back to your, your, you know the player that we know you can be." And also keep him in a short window, of course. Or do you do you give Burnaby a bit more of a an opportunity uh, to resurrect his his time at Celtic? Because people are questioning if he's got a future already. Yeah, that that's not a decision. I mean, Juranovic was an absolute disaster, and, and and for whatever reason, you cannot play him again there now. I suppose from Ange's point of view, what he's looking at is obviously all the things we said before, his qualities. There isn't a solid offer in the door yet, you know, so as far as he's concerned, Juranovic is still an important member of his team and his squad. But you've got to think that in the background, Juranovic's agent is in his ear constantly saying about this club, that club, the next club. And, you know, he certainly looked psychologically as if he was out the door because he wasn't at the game. Uh, Wherever he was, it wasn't at that game. You know, so uh, it has to be Bernabe, or you know, if it's not, you know, Greg Taylor's less injured leg, um, you know, put that one. Uh, but <laughs> it, it, it can't be, um, it can't be uh, JJ. I, I mean, that's, I mean, I think he's basically done now. I mean, seriously, he's, you know, he has to be given what happened there, I think he's got to be away this window. He thinks he is anyway, is the impression I got from that, because he was not prepared to go on that pitch. He just wasn't at the races at all. Uh, you know, Psychologically, he hadn't done himself. So he obviously maybe thought he was going to be sitting on the bench, which was fine. He certainly didn't think he was going to be playing the wrong side of the pitch for that length of time. He just wasn't prepared. you know. And he was so far off it, miles and miles off it. You know, He was 10, 15 yards off his man at points. Uh, and it, it was an absolute shamble, so it cannot be him. Uh, it has to be Burnaby, um, regardless of what you think. And quite frankly, if Burnaby can't show up in this sort of double header that we have coming up, then his future is definitely in doubt. Um, but, you know, <laughs> when, when I said he's got to consider his future, you know, I, I was more thinking that he's got to consider can he improve. Can he get into this team? Can he become first choice? What does he have to do to get there? Can he change any behaviours the manager's not happy with? You know, I mean, I think you really, really need some self-reflection. And one of the things you don't need to be doing is liking certain tweets, uh, which he did, uh, 
you know, and I don't know if uh, probably a lot of people aren't aware of that, but he, he liked a, he liked a tweet which was uh, fairly critical of the decision not to play him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the kind of thing. Like Big Jack and Marcus as well. Once you start down that road, you know you're, you're making you know that that's a, a bed of nails you're leaving yourself to lie on there because that's that's not going to go well. So he needs to be very very careful uh, and. We know who was it. The, there's a very famous place. Was it Ronaldo or something like that? Said when he parted with these boys over uh, the water, uh, it was uh, it was Bernabe and another fellow. I just said they were madmen. You know, he'd never seen anything like it. You know, and you're thinking he's coming to Glasgow. The oh, first thing no. he's going, you know, you know, and then he's <laughs> another uh, from Juarez, isn't it? <laughs> and then, then, he, then he gets caught drink driving straight off the bat, and then you know that's indicative. You know that kind of behaviour is not indicative of a a properly uh, focused professional athlete. You know that's that's the bottom line. That's old school stuff. That and it's also the kind of thing I imagine Ange hates. You have to think that factors into Ange's thinking about because if you can't trust them off the pitch, how can you trust them on the pitch? Mm-hmm. No, you know, you're right. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure Gary Oliver let's talk a wee bit more about Greg before we move on Greg uh, Taylor coming off changed the game I think in many ways it also shows the importance of Greg Taylor and how important he has become as a, a fixture in this Ange team now it's all been made a joke of of course it has uh, you know in regards to Morelos going over shut your hole fat boy um, and, and you don't have to be a lip reader to, to you don't have to be a lip reader to figure out what Greg was saying my point would be this it's kind of taking the heat off of Morelos a bit Morelos wasn't over there to make sure Greg Taylor was okay he wasn't doing the Kyogo bit right why is he anywhere near Greg Taylor and why is he not being dealt with he should have been chased and and it was it was um... It was a concerted effort to keep going, wasn't it? It wasn't a quick get up, let's get mm-hmm. on with the game. He was constantly in Taylor's face. Um, and again, it's just indicative of unprofessionalism of, of that striker and, and that's, that side of the city. Um, aye, listen, Morelos is irrelevance to me. He's, he's of no relevance to anything. I think Taylor was, was, was cracking. Put him down one liner, that was that back in your box, you go, son. No, but you did, well, wasn't there an issue then? Uh, was it Morelos was going off, or just after that incident, where they just wouldn't leave Taylor alone? No. And that started a wee bit of stramash with Callum McGregor and, you know, Barisic. Uh, yeah, Barisic. yeah uh, uh, because he just wouldn't leave him alone. Uh, and, you know, when you're saying he wasn't dealt with, the referee was over there listening to what he was saying, and he was mm-hmm. clearly berating a man. So he's berating the man that's on the floor. He did it twice. He did it the first time he went down, did it the second time he went down just before he was taken off. And he's just over there shouting abuse at him. Now, you know, the referee's got to have a handle on that. This is the same referee who failed to send Morelos off for um, grappling Ryan Christie's um, privates, kicking uh, Tony Ralston whilst he was on the deck. It's the same ref, isn't it? It was beating the, the referee that game. Uh, Morelos cannot be sent off whilst beating his referee in a game, it would seem. I'm going to bring this up as well because, again, this is with the benefit of you know, watching the game twice, I guess. Uh, JP comes in. Juranovic, instead of Bernabe in his natural position, was a poor call, as was the James Forrest selection. And, again, again, I watched Forrest with interest today, Paddy, right? He's done nothing that would stand out in your mind as a game-changing moment. Absolutely get that. But I was watching uh, how he, he was working with, with Johnson at right back. 
I was looking at a lot of the defensive um, blocks he was making. He was he was transitioning defence into attack. Yeah. It wasn't no way was he the best player on the park. But again, I think it's I can understand why I can I really can understand why Anne started with James <laughs> Forrest, Paddy. No, what was I your take on that. his performance? Um, I thought he did all right. I didn't think there was much wrong with his performance at all. He's no, he's obviously not a James Forrest who we know that. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. All, all out attacker now. He's got a different note to play under inch. And I think the role he was asked to play, he carried out well. Uh, Ibrox, when the, when the team lane was first announced, I was I was expecting Jota to get dropped. I alluded to, to that during the week that I thought Jota was get dropped and I put my team selection up um, for Maida because this, this is a game for, for Maida. Well, let's say at the start, we nullify their wing threat. Um, we take out we, we take out half of their, their, their I suppose, their team. And, and, and they did that. To a, to a certain extent, um, James Forrest and that one just gets criticised, doesn't he? He, he? he seems to be one that just seems to be he, he gets criticism for for criticism's sake. Thought he did his job well. I thought Maida was superb um, in that first half. He had the the making of Tavernier every single time he went down that at that left flank. He gave that guy nightmares. Um, but um, no, nah, I thought he done a he done a decent job. He was put in there. It was the only. The only thing I would say is that I thought Abadamir started because he's Abadamir's got form, doesn't he? He's getting form against Rangers and he, and he likes to score a goal against him. He, uh-huh. he terrorises Barisic as well. Um, but considering we're at Ibrox, nah, I, I thought the right call. Ange got that one right. What's your take, John? Um, I was surprised not to see Abadamir. I think everyone. I don't think anyone, if you'd asked them before the game, genuinely had James Forrest in their team. I was surprised not to see Abada because as far as I'm aware, Abada still lives in Barisic's house because they can't see him. <laughs> um, so uh, when it came to James Forrest, though, immediately then after you thought, okay, Abada's not starting, so what's the reasoning here? And the reasoning obviously was, you know, defensive uh, uh, solidity. Uh, and you're thinking down that, say, you know, Johnson's making his debut. Did that mean, is that why... Forrest was picked. So Forrest has all the experience. Uh, he's not going to be overawed at Ibrox. Um, and uh, he is he provides far more defensive cover than either Jota or Abada, uh, which he did. Uh, and I watched his game again with interest this morning. And the issue, uh, the, the only two issues you have, he, he contributed about uh, some of his passing and this, but this applies for the whole team. He did something good, did something good, did something really bad. You know, it was like, took up a great position, won a great ball, gave a terrible pass, you know. And, and that was sort of why, <coughs> not because of James Forrest, because everyone was doing that. You know, everyone was, you know, winning a good ball, making a terrible pass, you know, making a great pass, choosing the wrong option. You know, it was, uh, there was a lot of that sort of inconsistency. So it was difficult to get a handle on exactly why we were playing poorly, but it certainly wasn't because of anything to do with James. Now, the other thing, the problem you have in that game is Abada gives you that dynamism. Abada gives you that absolute, definitely going to the line, terrorising Barisic, drifting, you know, drifting in behind him. And there was one, I think it was even pointed out, wasn't it? 
and, and the commentary uh, for you know James Forrest isn't expecting the ball to come through, and that's exactly the kind of ball, yeah. Yeah. exactly the kind of ball Abada lives on, standing yeah. behind Barisic waiting for him to duff it, which he did, you know. So, um, but James, uh, you know, the only other issue I have uh, with him at the moment is. He's do, he's come now to doing something rather than getting to the byline. What he's doing is he makes a run parallel to the eighteen yard line, and he's playing balls off time to get the one twos and all the rest of it. But it's incredibly predictable, you know, because he's not really hitting the line. But a couple of times there, and I counted them, and uh, in terms of like clear, clear, great balls into the box, which people should have gotten the end of. There was at least two, if not three. Uh, he played some cracking balls in, um, you know. So uh, I would say it was a surprise, but ultimately, you know, how big a difference would a badder have made, um, you know, is the question. And you can't, I'm not going to second guess the manager on that one because that's just purely, you know, for the starting lineup, he, he has that right. You know, I would say, you know, he made, he made the wrong call with JJ in retrospect, but in this, I, I don't know because I don't know how much difference a badder makes. You know, because in terms of when he came on, you know, what difference did Abada make? Uh, you know, was he in, was he much, much better than uh, JJ? Um, certainly the subs made a, an important contribution, but look, for that goal, he wasn't in that movement. Uh, so, you know, it's a difficult one for Ange, obviously. He thinks he... Um, yeah, I can understand the logic, put it that way. I can understand the logic. And James didn't let himself down, you know. I thought he contributed as much as anyone else. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, five minutes to go. Thanks the 900 plus strong who are watching uh, the broadcast today. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't done so already, give us a wee like on YouTube and subscribe to the channel for daily Celtic content throughout 2023 and beyond. Enda McGurk, great to hear the Celtic board have some testicular fortitude, as John says. Yes, it is. And we are talking, of course, about uh, they are demanding answers from the SFA in relation to the implementation and the handling of VAR because it's leaving us all scratching our heads. Jungle Line points out, regardless of all the chat today and yesterday, they had to win it and they didn't and Celtic come away unscathed from Ibrox indeed. Now, you're talking about substitutes. This is another one um, leading up to the um, substitution of Yakimakis coming on, Paddy. It's 75 minutes, so if I'm going to give Anja a hard time for maybe some of the selection issues or whatever got to give the big man credit because I'm looking at Yakamakis and I think 99% of his substitute appearances have resulted in him replacing Kyogo. No, we'll keep Kyogo in the park and who gets the winner? The wee man. So, were you surprised when Kyogo stayed on and Atati came off at that point? Yep, 100%. How often do we see the two of them on the park at the same time? And it was a it was a a masterstroke if it was anything. Um, So now you're right, for all we got, the, the, the Juranovic substitution wrong I pulled out of the bag um, having Jack and Marcus on because he did have a hand in the goal I just did Jota's little was it a back heel into the 18 yard box that Jota played it was it was a bit of cheeky skill anyway um, to put through Moy um, but nah I, I like to see that that kind of shook it up a wee bit and I don't think they knew how to deal with that because um, anybody I defy any Celtic fan to say they would have expected um, Kyogo and, and Jack and Marcus to be on the park with 15 minutes to go. And ultimately, um, it got us it got us at a jail because at that point, I couldn't see where a goal was coming from. Yeah. Uh, and I kept saying it 
for 60 minutes almost. We just didn't seem to get in our groove. We just couldn't seem to get anything in that final third. Um, but no, it was a, a stroke edge news for the gaffer, so we'll give him that one, eh? A 4-2-4. A 4-2-4 at Ibrox. And of the substitutes that, that did come on and the one man who should have gone off who he didn't take off. So that move, which was a beautiful move, Jota cuts in, plays a slide rule pass to Moy, who, as we all know, I think is the greatest player who ever pulled on a shirt. Uh, Moy manages to get it past uh, to... Um, uh, big Gigi, Gigi swivels on it, gets it across, uh, and uh, Kyogo's standing there waiting, and it's a beautiful, calm, deliberate yep. finish mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of that sort of maelstrom of frantic bodies getting thrown round. It's a beautiful finish. Uh, it's not just a tap, and he has to put it high. There's guys on the line, um, and that that move, the, the, the show actually goes Jota, uh, Moy, and then Jota again and then Gigi, uh, and then across to Kyogo. So that's three subs, and the guy that you almost certainly would have subbed in any other game, yeah. right? So that's all the manager. Uh, so, you know, forever, you know, whatever you can say, you can certainly forgive him uh, for uh, the JJ issues, because he couldn't have expected that. But that that was uh, a brilliant and brave, very mm-hmm. brave. 4-2-4. Four, mm-hmm. four. That's very, very brave stuff. Uh, so, you know, fair play to him, a great decision, and it, uh, it got us the draw, uh, a draw which, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, destroys their morale, because they, as one of, one of the commenters pointed out there, we didn't have to win that game, they had to win that game. No, for sure, and at that point where you get the, the injury time coming up on the board, Paddy, you're looking at that going, right, I fancy us for the win. That's, you know, yeah. the momentum yeah. shift was was huge at that point. And we've not really even mentioned Moy because Moy probably didn't deserve to get dropped for this game. I mean, no. he had been he'd been brilliant leading into it. But I've said before, I think he strikes me as being a low-maintenance type player, Paddy, who will just get on with it. He came on, he'd done his bit, he was involved in the goal. Um, I'm just very quickly going to ask you guys your thoughts about <laughs> selections. We've, we've spoken about the left-back position in particular. Um, how else do you think he's going to mix it up for the game against Kilmarnock this Saturday? I think I think Moy starts. Um, uh, I was watching O'Reilly carefully again on the second look, and he was industrious. He tried hard, but he's just the passes aren't there. The, the thing is with Moy, you know, his passing is sensational when you give him any That's sort of time at all. Nice. He gets you out of danger. He puts them in danger. You know, he, he, if you give him time, uh, he, he's he's fantastic. So I think O'Reilly's getting dropped for this one. Uh, I say Bernabe at left. Um, I think Johnson keeps his position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, up front, I don't know, you know, Kilmarnock, so you're pair many. Has, has Jota done enough to get back? I think maybe Jota... That was a wee wake-up call. He certainly was trying very hard when he came on. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's... <laughs> the thing is, trying very hard... I mean, that you're sort of... Uh, what you're saying there is it was his attitude rather than his actual play, and it wasn't. I don't think it was in the mark his attitude. He just wasn't playing very well. You know, so I don't know if he comes back in automatically. Maeda's definitely starting. I think that's a yeah. given. I think that's a given. Uh, was definitely starting, so I think it's really... Who's starting on the right? Or, you know, or who's taking that one other place? Yeah, for sure. What would you make of that then, Parry? Would you maybe rest O'Reilly uh, and perhaps no, obviously think... bring, bring in Jota for the right hand side? Mm, I, I, I would definitely rest O'Reilly. Just it just 
I agree with John. He, he, he tried, didn't he? And, it, and it, nothing just seemed to come off for him. Whereas when Moy came on, I think he came on 60th minute or something, just dead calm, dead assured. Um, aye. And it was unfortunate to get dropped because he was, it was lightning against Tibbs as well. So I think if anybody gets dropped, it'll be Riley. Um, and Jota come back. Aye. Um, I don't know. I mean, would I put him in, I wouldn't put James Forrest back on anyway because we're going to be attacking more in this game, aren't we? We're going to be looking to get, get goals. I, I would like to see Abada back in there. He's, I just like Abada. For no other reason than the fact that he's, I like him, he's quick, he's direct, he likes to run at defenders. Um, I'd like to see him in there too because we're going to be faced with another 5 5 0, aren't we? Um, when we come on, when we face Kilmarnock. So, um, We'll need to we'll need to unlock that two tier defence um, and I so I that was a long convoluted answer just to say I would start Moy and start a <laughs> that, that was pretty much it for me. Super. <laughs> we'll be chatting about it tomorrow and on Friday. Loads of talking points. Thanks everybody for getting involved in the comment section, um, and we do try and get as many of you involved as we possibly can. If you haven't done so already, get subscribing on the YouTube. As I say. Uh, we are broadcasting every single day. And Parry, tell us a wee bit about where we can find your writing. Where, where's your blog? Yeah, you can find it on just Google Veto Celtic um, and you'll see my blog there. Um, I'm, I'm on pretty much every day, just posting away, looking for Celtic content for, for the readers to, to enjoy, hopefully. So, yeah, just Google Veto Celtic and you'll see it there. You'll, you'll be able to... Uh, check out the the blog online and also on the socials as well. Follow yeah. on, on Vital Celtic. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. I really enjoyed that. And hopefully we'll see Kevin Graham back next week, unless he's taking a fortnight away. And <laughs> thank you to Paddy and John for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.